0: And I yeah, I hope that my volume comes up, because uh, I've got a, a tickle in my throat this morning. And a burning in my heart from reading God's word and reading Second Corinthians chapter four. And so my desire is that you might hear from God this morning, not for me, And maybe it won't even be words that I say. And often that happens. Uh, Somebody will say and say, "Pastor, I'm so glad you mentioned that." And I didn't. Well, I don't remember mentioning that. But I hope that you hear from God, so that you do not blame me for what you hear today. I noticed in the past couple months a phenomenon that it's amazing me. I don't know what it's about. I do know that when I drive down our neighborhood, I am seeing boxes on everybody's doorsteps and porches and in front of their garages. And I have no idea what the fascination is about boxes. But they're all different sizes. They're all different shapes. You don't believe me? I, I picked these up off of my neighbor's doorstep this morning (laughs) and it's almost like the box bunny is going around and dropping off boxes and they're different shapes and uh, and I just, I, I, oh, I've just been informed that it's not the box that's important. Uh, I've been okay. It's what's inside that uh, that makes more sense, doesn't it? Okay, you can forget about it, what I just said. Uh, but it's what's inside that's important. No, that this is what the apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, so it's coming from God, is telling us in Second Corinthians chapter four that it is the box that is worthless. It is what's inside that is of value. And that very first verse, and we looked at it last week, uh, and. It says when the veil is lifted, and that was in chapter 3, when the veil is lifted, we have our aha moment. We see who Jesus Christ really is, the Savior of the world. We come to Christ. We ask him to forgive us and save us. The veil is lifted, and we see things differently, clearly. And what we see is that we have a ministry, When we place our faith in Christ, we have a ministry, verse 1 of chapter 4, and that ministry is likened unto a treasure, verse 7, and it is verse 4 that tells us what that ministry and treasure is. It revolves around the glorious gospel of Christ. And you may have underlined those words in your Bible. I've draw, I've got lines going here and notes in the margins uh, just from reading it on my own, and maybe you will do that yourself. So what this, last week we looked at what is this valuable treasure? This week I want us to consider the box, the earthen vessel. What, uh, so the, the treasure is is important, it's relevant, that last week, it is legitimate or authentic, and it is historic because it looks like Jesus. This week, though, we're going to look at the cardboard box, the earthen vessel there in verse 7, and we're not going to get through all the verses that we read this morning. Eventually, we will, and I'll not take a lot of time for the rest of the chapter next week, but hopefully we will get through that. What does this passage tell us about the box, about you. If you're a believer, you are a box. What is it telling us about the box? One thing is, verse 7, we are common. We're cheap. We're earthen vessels. And I know, uh, I I listened to uh, a guy I respect to say how incredibly valuable we are yesterday on the radio now i know what he was meant meaning he's a marriage and he wrote this book to help marriages and you're supposed to look at your spouse as being incredibly valuable and important because that person has been given to you by god so i understand that part but I'm saying, you know, Paul writes here in verse 7 that we have a valuable treasure, but it's kept in an earthen vessel in a cardboard box. We're earthy, we're plain, we're nondescript, we're a box. Uh, my grandparents were common folk. Maybe yours were too. In reality, we are all just common folk. Uh, Grandma and Grandpa Grosky, they. They came across from Europe and homesteaded in South Dakota by Sturges, and, and, uh, and they had a son, they had three sons uh, and a daughter, but my, one of them was Bob Grodsky and he was my dad, and so when he got to ninth grade, they sent him to be kind of like an indentured servant to a, a couple near the town where he could go to high school. And so he stayed there, he worked there, he did the chores, and he got to live with them and walk to high school, all through high school. And so, just common. And so mom and dad were common. Cindy and I are just common. You are just common. You are a cardboard box. Not very uh, flattering, is it? I mean, it's almost like a a zinger, you come back if somebody insults you and you come back, well well, 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 you're just a cardboard box and your mom wears army boots too. <laughs> Whatever that has to do with it, that. but uh, that's kind of the idea here. We are common. We're everywhere. Boxes are everywhere. You know, I, I thought I'd hit the jackpot. There's a, back here in the by the garage here at church, there is a, a big uh, hopper. And in that hopper are cardboard boxes. And I thought, I can put those boxes together and sell them and make a lot of money. You know how much those boxes are worth? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. It's not the box that's valuable, they're everywhere. They're common. In the Old Testament, in 2 Kings, uh, a widow comes to Elisha and says, Oh, man of God, my, uh, my uh, creditors are going to come and take my two sons, and they're going to sell them into slavery. What can I do? And Elisha says, Well, do you have anything in your house? <laughs> no. Well, I do have a, a, an earthen vessel. And in that earthen vessel, I have some oil. That's all I have. Elijah says, Okay, what I want you to do is go to all of your neighbors and gather up all of the earthen vessels, all of the cardboard boxes, and bring them to your house. And he said, Gather not a few, get all you can. They're common, they're around. <coughs> so get them. And so they filled the house up with uh, earthen vessels and maybe their yard, I don't know. And then uh, e- Elisha said, Now pour the oil into these earthen vessels and just keep filling them. And supernaturally, that oil filled all of those vessels. Now he didn't say, Now go sell the earthen pots of your neighbors. He said, go and sell the oil, because that's what's valuable, not the earthen vessel, not the cardboard box. My point, or one point this morning, it does not matter what shade of brown your skin is. You're still just common. You're still just common. If you're a believer, it does not matter. Sometimes, maybe most times, we think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. I honestly believe that. Sometimes we think more highly than we ought to think. Most times. That's pride, I think that is the number one problem in this world is pride. We think we ought to be treated better than we are treated. We are king in our little world, and anybody that surrounds us and doesn't treat us as king then uh I'm not going to have anything to do with you or I'm going to oppose you. Uh, Pride is the basis of selfishness, and we are selfish people. Why do marriages collapse? Because we are selfish people. And we think everybody's around us to serve us. But Paul says we are just earthen vessels. We are just cardboard boxes. The, uh, it's a destroyer of relationships, pride is. It's the first sin, Satan saying, I ought to be God. What makes you the ruler of the universe? This ought to be my position. And he was cast from heaven. And those that followed him, the first sin for mankind or second sin. But I mean, it was the second sin, first for mankind. Hey, eat of the fruit. God just doesn't want you to be like him. You ought to be like him. You deserve to be like him. Uh, what are you waiting for? Hey, Adam, come on, let's go eat. And they did. We can be like God. I deserve better. Do, do you think any of that is going on in the world today? Uh, let's uh, let's march and get our rights. Let's burn and show them who's who's important. Let's let's control. It's all around us. Let me tell you, Paul says, I am a bond slave. Not a very classy title for an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm a bond slave. We don't want to be slaves or bond slaves or cardboard boxes, do we? But we are. Work hard bar boxes, but we ought to be bond slaves of Jesus Christ. Uh, I deserve better, but we don't want to be earthen vessels. No matter how we dress up, or paint up, or slim down, or bulk up, or tone up, or climb up, or look down, or educate up, we're still just Brace yourselves. Spit and dirt. Now, I have a biblical basis for that. In that, in, in John 9, verse 6, they're walking by a beggar who is blind, been blind from birth, and the apostle said, who sinned, this man or his parents? So apparently, a handicap was through sin. Jesus said, hey. <laughs> and neither handicaps aren't caused by sin some might be but this case but that i and god might be glorified he takes the beggar by the hand the blind beggar leads him outside the city walls and he spits on the ground and he takes uh, into the dirt it says and he takes that spittle mixes it with the dirt and he says he made clay we are clay pots. He made clay, anointed his eyes, and he could see. You know, spit and dirt. It's all over, isn't it? Uh, it's common. No, maybe not spit here. there now. Now, spit and, and dirt. And now we are common. But we don't not like that, but we are common. Cheap. My mom would say, get up your highfalutin horse. And so I'll use that phrase: get up your highfalutin horse and get out there and show the the glorious gospel of Christ. Let people see what the value is, why you're even a box. Is because you carry the glorious gospel of Christ. Secondly, we are carriers. So we're common. We're carriers. Verse 7 says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. It is in us. Once the veil is lifted, we have the Holy Spirit living within us. We have a um, ministry, a treasure to share with others. It is the glorious gospel of Christ. We are carriers. You ever been a carrier? I went in Wednesday to be tested for COVID-19. So I went in and And you drive through a carport and you roll your window down and uh, a nurse comes and has your information and checks everything and then uh, takes a a Q-tip about this big, takes a brain sample through your nostril. Now, if you haven't had this, it's not as scary as you think. Uh, Sure, I passed out for about 20 minutes, but I was able to drive home, so don't... uh, Don't be afraid to go ahead and get that done, Uh, but I was tested. I won't tell you the results, (laughs) no, Uh, but I would like to be tested positive for a carrier of the glorious gospel of Christ. Wouldn't that be great if they had a test? Hey, you're a carrier. Well, we are. We're earthen vessels. We're cardboard boxes. Would you test positive? Being a carrier of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I hope so. I hope we all would. Uh, We're carriers. You know, the gospel of Christ is light enough that we can carry it with us when we run. It is heavy enough that it will bring us to our knees when a friend of ours rejects the glorious gospel of Christ. Because they won't hear the good news because they're afraid of the bad news. And the bad news is that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that the wage of that sin is death. And it's talking about eternal death in a literal hell. And they don't want to hear that. They don't want to believe that. But the good news is... so. The good news is, and we try to get this glorious gospel, or the glorious good news is that Jesus came and died on the cross so that we do not have to die for our sin. We can give our sin to him, and in place of our sin, he gives us his righteousness. Not our righteousness, but his righteousness. We're just common carriers of the good news. So it's light enough, it's heavy enough, and it's important enough that we will send it around the world. This morning, this morning at 4.30, uh, Seth and Crystal and our grandkids snuck out of the house, all packed up, so they just carried the kids out half asleep, I hope put them in their car seats. They're driving to Chicago right now, driving to Chicago. They're going to fly from Chicago to Amsterdam, and then if Spain will let them in, they will fly from Spain to Madrid, and then they will some way make it from Madrid uh, six or seven hours up to Pamparata uh, to their home. So it's light enough to carry when you run. It's heavy enough to drop you to your knees when the glorious gospel of Christ is rejected. It's important enough to send our kids around the world with it. Now we have the missionary barrel here and, and Seth would die if he knew I was going to take up a, an offering, a missionary barrel offering for him, he and Crystal... And family a lot of unexpected expenses but he had never tell us uh, and so we're going to do that at the close of the service when the trio comes back and sings another song and we're going to have and I realize that we've got 60 kids down there and they're not with us now but we do have a few younger ones that can still get up and down uh, yeah you're not sure, okay Uh, Who will walk the... We will sanitize their hands afterwards. You can just go. We'll have somebody there. And so we're going to do this as safely as possible. But uh, just for them, because the message of Jesus Christ, the glorious gospel of Christ, is important enough to send our kids around the world. And it's simple enough to carry to children. That's why last Sunday night we had our children's rally. We had over 70 kids here in the auditorium. With all of the workers, we probably had 120. All the teens were helping with the puppets, and and adults were teaching and and supervising and watching, so maybe 120 here last Sunday night or more. Uh, It is important enough to carry around the world, and it's simple enough to carry to the kids. Wednesday evening, we had our teen rally. We had over 60 teenagers and a lot of uh, supervisors uh, out there on the soccer field. Why? Because it is simple enough to carry to kids and teens. When the veil is lifted, we become common, we become carriers we become clean, although it is clean by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to skip this point, only that Paul explains that not only are we clean by Christ, are we clean by the washing of the word, are we clean by uh, yielding every day to the Holy Spirit. Uh, and Paul says, uh, renouncing the hidden things of dishonesty. So, so there were responsibilities that he took to be clean, and, and Charles Spurgeon in his book, Lectures to My Students, he, he wrote that in his lecture to the students, he said, I've got two pens, two fountain pens in my desk. Only a couple of us remember fountain pens, but it, it has a, had a little, it was big, had a little bladder in it, and you lifted up a tab, and then you stuck the tip down into a... bottle of ink and then you let the tab go and it sucked the ink up in it and then you could write well he says i've got two fountain pens in my desk one leaks all over my hand every time i use it which of those two am i going to use and that was a point for his students a point for us Uh, though we're cleaned by god given his righteousness we have a responsibility in that as well. So when uh, we become cardboard boxes, we are common. We are carriers. We are clean. Uh, we are careful earthen vessels. That's why it's, it's not a, an iron vessel. It is not a strong box. It is not a safe. We've got a box, a safe, in our house for all of our important papers. Nothing of value in there, except our important papers, in case you want to come looking. Um, And I won't tell you where it's at. But it is. we are boxes, cardboard boxes, because we have to be careful. We are fragile, and we need to treat each other as fragile. We are conflicted, the last one. We are conflicted, verses 8 through 12. And we'll look at verses 8 and 9 more closely next week but verses 8 and 9 and really 10 we're troubled on every side we're in conflict yet not distressed we are perplexed we are conflicted but not in despair we are persecuted conflicted but not forsaken we're cast down but not destroyed we're always bearing about the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ uh there we we are conflicted now, not so much in the past, folks. When, uh, when America was founded on godly, biblical principles, we did not go through all of the conflict that they're experiencing in, in uh, so many other countries, maybe in all other countries, reading the, the, uh, b- the martyrs, paper Voice of the Martyrs, but... Uh, We are becoming less biblical-centered as a country. And we are conflicted today. Even at this time, we are conflicted. Uh, Christians are hated. Does that surprise you? Jesus said, hey, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. We ought not to be surprised that we are hated by the world. We ought to be surprised if we're not hated by the world. See, there is an enemy out there, and that enemy is Satan. And he has people that he has blinded their eyes, and they do not even realize that they're following Satan, uh, their father, the devil. They don't realize that, or some of them probably do, but most don't. We are hated if you don't believe so go to a secular university or a state university and lecture or explain to them the biblical view about abortion. And you won't even get started before you're booed and hated out of that auditorium. Or explain to them about biblical gender, created male and female. Uh, There's no fluidity in God's description. And so they hate us for that. They hate us when we tell them what the Bible says about marriage. One man and one woman. That's marriage. Everything else isn't marriage, no matter if they call it marriage. They hate us if they even are reminded... About fathers and the responsibility that fathers have. See, they don't need fathers anymore, even though 80, uh, 75 to 80% of the in, uh, men incarcerated in prisons today had no father in their upbringing. So they hate us for that. They hate us when we tell them there is one way to heaven. Ah, oh, we are so narrow-minded. There's only one way to heaven, that's through Jesus Christ. What kind of a person are you? You hate her? You bigot? I hate you. They hate us when we tell them how the world came about. Hey, science. It's all about science, and yet evolution has no shred of Science. And it's unbelievable it's not science if you don't believe that the world hates you carry a sign to Fargo or down in Crystal this says God loves babies you know what you're going to get you're going to find out you're hated Now they'll flip you off they'll curse you they will call you a hater you hater. All kinds of cruel names. Because they hate us for trying to stop them. They're driving 80 miles an hour towards the brink of hell, and we're out there wave, trying to wave them down, and they would sooner run over us than hear what we had to say. And we're just trying to keep them out of hell, because we carry the go- We're a cardboard box carrying the gospel, or the the uh, glorious gospel of Christ. So we will be conflicted. Of course, we always have been. Believers always have been in conflict with the world, because the prince and power of this air right now is Satan. Moses, spokesman for God, was in conflict with government. Pharaoh. Uh, the three Hebrew young men, they were in conflict with Nebuchadnezzar, the government. Daniel was in conflict with the Persian government. And they said, "You can't worship." You used to. Daniel used to pray, "You cannot worship." Uh, you can, maybe you can stay in your own little house and you can believe in your own little mind, but do not ever make it public. What did Daniel do? As he always did, he opened the doors, faced Jerusalem, got on his knees, and prayed to God. He didn't care what the government said because he had to obey God. We've always. God has always been in conflict with government that was in conflict with God. Jesus was in conflict with government. <gasps> yeah, that's, that's why the cross. See, the government put him on the cross because they were in conflict. Satan thought he had won the victory. <laughs> I put the Messiah to death. Now he's done. Paul was conflicted. That's why he writes verses 8 and 9, conflicted. They tried to shut him up. They will hate us for Jesus' sake. They will try to shut us up. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you as well. The enemies of God are the enemies of his people. You got that? Today it applies to us. Churches across the United States are being burned, graffitied, uh, targeted. You don't see it on the news. You have to wait and read it from biblical magazines. But uh, the world hates believers. But we love them got that we love them and if you can't grasp that then don't let people know you're a believer paul loved those that were persecuting him that's why he kept going back and back and back you know he they stung, drug him outside the city they piled stones over him he was dead probably he says that he he went to heaven, and, well, there was this man that went to heaven, and so I'm assuming it was probably at that time. He, God sent him back. You're a cardboard box filled with the gospel, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. You've got to go back. He, and the, the, uh, uh, the followers of, of uh, Christ, they pil- pulled the rocks off of him. They helped him back into town, and the next day, you know, he's preaching the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, we, we love them enough to smile when they curse us down uh, sometimes we must do what the enemy forbids the enemy is Satan it's not those that are blinded by Satan we've got to love them Satan wants to stop the church And he's using fear to do it. And he's doing a really good job of scaring people into do whatever the government says we need to do. And not even the government. Using individuals without the legislature mandating things to scare us to not do what God wants us to do. I... uh, you know if it's printed it's got to be true, right? Here, the New York Times recently proclaimed, churches and this is a quote, churches were eager to reopen. <gasps> now they are a major source of coronavirus cases. You 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 got to believe that, right? The New York Times said it. Then since they've had to re, they've had to modify that that uh, title it says and uh, modified the headline why because it is a gross overstatement and makes it sound as if churches have played a significant role in the spread of covid-19 ed as ed stetzer pointed out in christianity today the UNOR, UNOR, new york times reported that 650 cases have been linked to churches since the beginning of the pandemic, There, when there have been over 3 million cases in the United States, 650 cases out of 3 million cases, and they're a significant contributor to COVID-19, says uh, 650 nationally and that's just that have caught it. It's not deaths. I don't know what actually happened there. The real story is this. Churches are gathering, and remarkably few infections are taking place. Furthermore, out of over 300,000 churches in the United States, only 40 have been linked to COVID outbreaks, making the argument that the majority of churches are disregarding the safety of the parishioners and becoming a major source of the virus spread is ridiculous. But we read it, or maybe we only get the blurb on the, uh, you know, the headline, because they want to send you the headlines on your computer, on your phone, and you read that, and you say, ha, ah, it's coming. We can't do this anymore. Paul says we will be conflicted. Troubled on every side, perplexed, persecuted, destroyed, or trying to destroy. But Jesus writes of the church at Philadelphia that I've opened the gate, the door, to the ministry of of, uh, Jesus Christ, and no man can close it. No man can close it. President of the United States can't close it. He says the gospel is going to continue to go out until the Holy Spirit is removed off this earth, Revelation chapter three. There, so Satan is powerful, but not as powerful as God or Jesus Christ. Uh, Satan is just a created being; Jesus is the Creator. Matthew sixteen eighteen, Jesus is talking about it, about the church, and he says, "The gates of hell shall never prevail." over it, the church. But we must not allow fear to control and rule in our lives. So we are but cardboard boxes, and so uh, how strong is a cardboard box? Well it says earthen vessel, cardboard box. Not very strong. Ah. Uh, The neighbors are gonna think their delivery man is so, so (laughs) careless. But what is important is what's inside. You know, when we look inside, you can't see this. This is a picture of Cindy and my family This is important, so important that the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ has got to go to every one of them. has got to become important to them. And we're just common, carriers, clean, uh, conflicted. We've got a responsibility. Let's take it. Let's take it seriously. Let's pray. Father there's one here without you, might right now they cry out and ask you to forgive them and save them. For the rest of us who have had the veil lifted, might we serve you the way that we ought to serve you, sharing the glorious gospel of Christ to all those around us. I pray that you will be with Seth and Crystal right now. The kids, keep them safe on the highways Help them to make all of their flights. Help Crystal to be feeling better and the kids not to get sick. And that they will be accepted into these various countries and be able to get back home, please. Lord, meet their needs physically. Meet their needs financially. Help us as we contribute in a small way to the needs they have. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.